Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Well, if you would have told uh, little kid me that I got would get to talk about Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, the armor of God, I would have been very excited. <laughs> because every little boy, you know, has really, you know, vivid imaginations about this passage. Now, adult me is still excited to give it, um, to talk about this, but for very different reasons. So um, I just wanted to share with you some of the things that uh, the Lord has been doing in my imagination and in my heart um, as I've meditated on this passage and where it fits into uh, the book of Ephesians. Um, and, and it's really interesting that for our first prayer meeting, um, as we're getting ready to really get into the study of Ephesians, we're actually beginning with, at the end, uh, because this is where we're going to end up um, weeks and weeks from now. Um, so as we get into this time, I, I want you to hold in your imagination two images. Uh, one of them is an image that I've been seeing pretty regularly. One of my colleagues who teaches uh, film uh, at my school uh, has his room decorated with movie posters, uh, many of them award-winning films. And I pretty regularly see this picture of Russell Crowe as the gladiator uh, in his room. If, if that doesn't speak anything to you, if you're too young for that. Um, Russell Crowe played this, this hero. Uh, he was a Roman gladiator, and you could picture it, you know, his silhouette against a dark background. And he's got a sword, and he's, you know, battle-worn, and just looks very strong and heroic. Uh, and I want you to hold that image in your mind, but I also want you to hold another image in your mind, uh, and that's the... The, the image that you've probably seen the photograph of the Civil Rights March on the Pettus Bridge um, as uh, a civil rights group led by Martin Luther King Jr. was walking from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. And I want you to just hold those images in your mind. Um, and, and really, that, that second one is the one that should I, I want you to have at the forefront of your minds and imaginations tonight and throughout our, our series. Um, as Trevor pointed out on Sunday, prayer is literally at the center of the book of Ephesians. Uh, that core passage um, that in Paul's chiasmic structure, that, that center point, is a prayer. And so I, I've made some, you know, I, I was really thinking a lot about that prayer as well as I was looking at what he prays for us here at the end of the book. In Ephesians 3.16, Paul prays, and, and you'll see this exact Thing on the little blue cards. This is uh, you know, for us to be looking at and trying to memorize this. That Paul first prays that we, believers, will be strengthened in power. That should be really exciting. He's praying for us to be filled with power. And he prays for that power to be in our, in our inner being, deep inside. And one of the uh, phrases that was really intriguing to me was uh, there in verse 16. It says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And then verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul is praying that we have more power so that we can carry more of Jesus in us. And, and, and I've just really been struck by that that what he's talking about here is a different kind of power than maybe we've ever conceived of before. Mm. 
And that in verse 18, when he says that he's praying that we may have the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, he's praying for us to have enough strength to just to hold the enormous love of Jesus. So that we first in his church can be filled by a, a knowing that transcends knowing, and that we can grasp, that we can begin to understand and apprehend just how enormous the love of Jesus is. And he expects that we're doing it together. There's unity with all of the Lord's people. And I I think that these prayers are at the center of Ephesians because Paul realizes that in our own own minds, in our own imaginations, we we are incapable of even imagining what it is that this series is all about. We, we are so easily discouraged by uh, the, the way that things have been throughout history, throughout human history, the way that things have been through our national history. We can be so overwhelmed and almost paralyzed in our imaginations and, and maybe even struggle to believe that such healing and such unity is possible in the church, let alone in the world. But Paul wants to activate and engage our imagination as a tool to sharpen our focus and enhance the shape of our prayers. Because even though what we're up against seems insurmountable, the truth is, it's not. So I, I'm going to unpack a couple of things that, I, that I've been really uh, interested in as I studied this passage in Ephesians 6. And I have six ideas, and I want you to just try to grab one of them and, and think about using that image from your imagination or that, uh, that truth concept that you can carry with you um, vividly that will equip your work of prayer. And when we say prayer, I just want to be really clear that um, we're, not, we're not talking necessarily about um, you know, uncomfortably long periods of intercession, although that may be part of it. But prayer can be, you know, whether it's brief or long, whether it's collected prayers like we have on our prayer guide on that sheet, um, or spontaneous, whether it's very specific or very general, all of this counts as prayer. Prayer is about the, that attitude and intention of our hearts. And so even if you're just reading the words, those bullet points on that prayer guide, and you're doing it with sincerity, that's prayer. And that's what Paul is talking about. So the first thing I wanted to point out um, when we're looking at the armor of God passage is that um, nearly all of it is defensive. Uh, a lot of commentators make a big deal out of this. Um, and I think it is important for us to know that what it is that we're preparing for, what kind of battle it is that we're preparing for, that we're preparing to stand against something, to resist something. And, and also, I think, in, in some ways, to, to push back on that. And again, I think if you, if you picture that civil rights march on the bridge, right, there, there is, there, there's, a, there's a stand and a resistance, but they're also pushing against injustice. And there's a, there's a certain humility and, and peacefulness about it. I think it's really important for us to recognize, number two, that this armor works best in community. Um, Ancient history scholars have have really studied that Roman gear is not designed for solitary soldiering. So that that image that we have of of Russell Crowe's gladiator, and however heroic that might seem, Mm. is a complete lie from the enemy. Because he does not intend for us, God does not intend for us to stand alone. All of, this, all of this equipment that we see unpacked here, 
works best when it's in corporate marching. Because we have a breastplate and a shield covering our fronts, and our sides are covered by those standing next to us. There's not really anything covering our backs. So we have to move forward. And I think it's really important for us to remember this is best used in community. Uh, the third point I wanted to draw out is that when we wear this armor, we look like Jesus. And I know that sometimes we, we imagine Jesus um, in a sense of a posture of meekness and humility. Um, and, I, and I know that's true. But it's true that Paul is drawing on Roman soldiers uh, and that imagery because it would have been very familiar to his audience. But he's also drawing on biblical imagery. Many of you, if you get, get a chance maybe in this week to study this, um, will notice there's a number of footnotes after each of these phrases, after each piece of the armor. And much of it actually goes back to the book of Isaiah uh, and the Messianic promises that, that the Messiah who was going to come to bring justice and righteousness would be dressed in a certain way. He would be prepared for a certain kind of battle. And Paul draws on these exact images, wearing this breastplate, wearing this belt, Wearing this helmet. Those are all pieces of the armor that the Messiah wears in the promise that he's going to bring justice and righteousness. Uh, one of the pieces of armor that, that I usually um, have overlooked but was really intrigued by uh, as I meditated on this were the shoes, or more accurately, the boots. Um, here it tells us that this is really our foundation is the gospel of peace. This good news of reconciliation that we get to hear and enjoy that we heard um, promised for us as, as Gentiles being welcomed into the church, um, we get to walk filled with confidence. Um, the Roman soldiers would wear, they, they, they were very expensive to have shoes like this, boots like this. Um, but they, it was so important for them to be able to walk anywhere they needed to without distraction or fear of what they might step on that the Roman army made sure that they had these shoes. Um, and this is, a, I think, an image of how we can walk fearlessly into this place of study. Hmm. Um, the shield of faith uh, is a great example, great image of just how important walking and operating in concert and unity is. Um, the, the Roman soldiers would actually use two lines, one line in front holding the shields forward, one line behind them holding the shields above, creating an almost impenetrable wall. Uh, it's, it's interesting, too, that here it, the, the, sh the shield is, is being discussed as a way to quench these fiery arrows. They, they actually did that. They, the Roman soldiers would actually dip their leather shields in water, soak it in water, so that it could be an effective uh, shield against these, these fiery arrows, which if you, like me, are thinking about how we and our faith can be soaked in the waters of baptism as a, as a first line of defense... Mm. Um, I think that can be a really powerful image to carry us into what we're doing. And then finally, the sixth uh, image is the sword of the spirit, the, the only real, you know, quote-unquote weapon in this list. Immediately followed by verse 18, which says that we should have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and then verse 18, that we should pray in the spirit. And this is exactly what we're seeing here. And this is why it is so important for us to do this in the context of Bible study, because studying the Bible informs our prayers. Prayers that are informed by God's word is the means by which we do this battle. This is how we fight against those seemingly insurmountable forces, those rulers and authorities and powers that seem undefeatable because they're so intangible. 
Right? How else do we fight against these systems of injustice, political corruption? How else do we fight against these, uh, the authorities and ideologies of racism and bigotry? How else do we fight against the personal actions, large and small, of, of individuals who are influenced by these spiritual forces? Prayer is the means by which we do it. Um, in closing, I just wanted to share that I, I had one, um, I listened to an interview earlier this week. Uh, it was actually a, a leader of a, of a gospel-centered reconciliation movement in Atlanta. And uh, near the end of his, the interview, he, he just emphasized the, the role of prayer. He said this, we call people to prayer as a first response to the injustice that we're seeing. The hard work of transformation, discipleship, and ultimately cultural transformation it begins in the place of prayer with the transformation of our own heart. And so together, we get to enter into an evening of prayer and weeks of prayer for this kind of unity and reconciliation in the family of God. Amen. So be it, Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.